Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ramil and a special guest, Alana Tahauer, who writes at allyoucaneat.com site that I manage, as well as Hoops Habit. How are you doing, Alana? Good. Glad to be back. How are you two? Oh, doing great. Loving the off season because there's just so much to talk about. Um, <laughs> we still have so many questions from our listeners, and that's what we're going to do. We usually do our mailbags on Monday for alliteration purposes, but this week we kind of got off to a funky schedule, so we, are, we saved the mailbag. We have it in the middle of the week, so we're going to get into it. Right now, uh, why don't we just start with our first question from Dario. I think the Heat need a true backup point guard, exclamation point. Tyler Johnson will be a fine backup for Dragic, but what about those games in which Dragic might not be available? And there will be games like that. TJ is a good combo guard, but he just doesn't have the ability to lead the offense like a true point guard. I'd say Josh Richardson is actually better than him in that aspect. It doesn't have to be some household name player. It could be someone at the end of the rotation who basically serves as insurance for Dragic should he be forced to miss any action. I imagine via injury is the idea there. So, Alana, I want to start with you here because you are uh, Dragic's biggest defender. I will say it that way. I'll, um, I'll take that title. Does, obviously, though, he might get hurt. And if he does get hurt... Miami doesn't necessarily have a true backup point guard. There's a lot of people that think that they need a backup point guard. Pat Riley has come out and said that he doesn't think they need a backup point guard because they have so many ball handlers on the roster. Where, what, where do you lie on this conversation? See, I actually think that TJ... I don't know. I think that TJ is better at playmaking than Josh Richardson, first off. Um, I also feel like he kind of plays at the same pace as Goran at this point. Like they, he's kind of, once he takes over, it's not like the offense really slows down, which I think is really important, uh, especially for this group. And I feel like him coming in with James Johnson, um, they found that chemistry that works really well together. So I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a huge problem. Um, I, like I said, I feel like I would trust Tyler over Jay Rich but a name that came to mind, and I know everyone is it probably going to be against this, um, and I know he's technically a shooting guard, but I feel like Monte Ellis could work only in the fact that like he does have veteran presence, um, and I feel like last season wasn't a great year for him, um, but I feel like overall he's had like a good enough record to be able to, you know, just in case, you know, both. Goran and TJ are not available for whatever reason. Um, but I know I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a terrible... <laughs> I, I'm already is, waiting for it. Let's, let's go. That is a, a very bad suggestion. If you're looking at a point guard in the classic definition of 
somebody who sets up offense, creates for others. Monte Ellis is the exact opposite of that. I don't think you'd want him on the roster. Not only is he going to... I totally agree with that, but I just feel like since Goran has made such a stride in playmaking, because I feel like he has, you know, in the last year or so, gotten way better at that and just ball handling in general, that, Mm -hmm. like, if anyone can change Monte, I feel like Pat Riley could do it in an ideal world. I I think the ball handling for Goran is probably more a result of Dwayne Wade's absence and, and the ball being in Goran's hands more often than not and him having the opportunity to set up the offense because, I mean, this is the version of him that's been playing in Houston and Phoenix and et cetera. I mean, this is why they traded for a guy like that. It just didn't mesh very well alongside Dwayne Wade. But Monte just isn't that kind of person. Now, I do agree with you 100% that, that Tyler is probably better at quote-unquote point guard responsibilities than Josh Richardson. We've talked about this a number of times Josh is a great defender, a pretty solid shooter, and, has, and came around towards the end of last season. Um, but he is not a good ball hander, still has problems initiating offense. He tends to over-dribble at times. He gets stuck behind in the defense, and, and he just he doesn't set up other people as well as he should. So and if I don't you're gonna think have he has the confidence right now either. That's, I feel like that's, that's a that's, big part of it, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we had Ira Winderman on the show, and he talked about it specifically. We had talked about it beforehand. But he confirmed that with Josh, a lot of it's just the the, the confidence, especially in his mm-hmm. shooting. Winderman's so, also uh, in the camp that the Heat need a backup point guard. He he recently said it in one of his call, Ask Ira columns. I I've been thinking about this a lot, right? Because you uh, want the insurance. You want Briante Weber on the roster? No, I'm done with Briante Weber because I'm just so sick ooh. of Heat. I'm I I really do. I was like, about to say ooh too. That like made me react for real. <laughs> physical reaction. It was yeah. I like I went backwards a little just then. <laughs> I just look. I like Briante Weber a lot as a player, and I. But he's not. I'm so sick of what Heat fans are making him out to be. He's just. He's not. Really to be the yeah, it's just look. He's not. They're acting like the Heat are either going to win a championship or not if Briante Weber's on the roster. It's not going to make a big difference at all. Um, the Heat gave him a shot for two years. It didn't work, and let's move on. And I really he like. I like Jr., though, right? I do like, and I'm glad you brought that up. Derek Walton Jr. is a gamer. I really like him at Michigan. If he if he just if he doesn't work out in the NBA, fine, big deal. They signed him to a two way contract. That is the that is the insurance that Dario in this question is talking about. If something were to happen to Dragic, if he were to get an ankle sprain and miss four games, you could call up Derek Walton Jr. and have him be that point guard off the bench that you need if you need a true point guard. Now, can he play at NBA level? I have no idea, but that's the insurance that we're talking about. Um, yeah. I, and look, if there are several free agents, and I'll, and I'll list them off here in a second, but who are NBA caliber backup end of roster point guards. But I, I don't like the idea of using a 15th roster spot on a guy that you're only going to use in the case of an injury. Right. Yeah. I would that's rather. A good point. I would rather have a more versatile player. Something that Pat Riley's talking about. I would rather have right. a longer, more versatile player who, yes, he can handle the ball a little bit. But maybe if Dragic isn't hurt, and I don't know, Justice Winslow is hurt, or James Johnson is hurt, or something, they come in off the bench as a wing player or something like that. I'd rather right. have that. We talk about Tyler Johnson or Josh Richardson being the better ball handler. They don't have to choose. They have both of them. They also have mm-hmm. Deion Waiters, Justice Winslow, James Johnson. There right. are any number of guys that could take over as a lead ball handler. And isn't that if we if we pay close attention to the the way the NBA is trending, isn't that versatility and yes. that surprise factor more yes. valuable than just being like, oh yeah, I know that guy is going to be running the offense. That's Absolutely. what made the that's Waiters what, and Dragic yeah, thing work so right. well. 
Yeah, I feel like that's what kind of separates, like, you know, successful organizations because they're not just boxing in guys. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, so that I mean, look, I mean, we, we look at uh, what was it, Brad Stevens, who recently said that there no longer are five positions in the league, but rather mm-hmm. just three. Is it ball handlers, wings, and bigs? And that's exactly. how he sees players fitting in. And the Heat so have so think, many ball handlers. More exactly. than half, about half their roster is ball handlers. I, um, I think you're just going to have a, a portion of any listener or fan base kind of adhering to these classical positions mm-hmm. and, and realizing slowly but surely that these positions no longer apply. Like a, a point guard doesn't mean what it used to. I mean, I remember when I was covering the Thunder and hearing all the arguments about why Russell Westbrook isn't a point guard. It's like, well, how do you define that and why do you still you know, adhere to those definitions? Considering he led the league in assists last season, what more do you need in order to define what a point guard is or isn't? It just doesn't matter at this, this point. The I list think. of point guards that are available, right? Quote-unquote point guards. Aaron Brooks, Norris Cole, who, believe it or not, oh. is 30 years old. Yep. Ra- Randy I'm Foy. Such a Norris Cole supporter, though. <laughs> Randy Foy. Ty did, you, did you watch him in Oklahoma City last year? I don't think you'd be a, a supporter after seeing. No, him but I was. I worked for the Horizon League when he was still in college, so oh, yeah. I, my hype kind of started there, Shots and I've been Cleveland like holding State. out on him. Uh, Ty Lawson, personal favorite of mine. Um, Heat legend yes. Brian Roberts, Sergio Rodriguez, Beno <laughs> Udri, and Darren Williams. That's, That's the list, the guy. guys. So, but but Beno Udrich, I think, is what everybody's looking for. Like they oh, remember I'm, what he filled he's in. He's thirty-five, and he got injured he as is? the injury insurance. Yeah, wow. He, the last he played time for he what eleven Miami, teams. Yeah. The last time he was in Miami, he filled in for Goran Dragic when Dragic got hurt, and then he got hurt. That's not the player yeah. you want backing up Goran Dragic. I, Beno Udrich is a great locker room presence. I like what he can do on the floor. I always thought he was underrated, but he's thirty-five, yeah. guys. Let's move on. I think it's the whole. Yeah, thing. he's a corner to look younger. You want to corner the market on left-handed Slovenian point guards, though, and I think that's the opportunity <laughs> you have. I think you try to take it whenever possible. All right, let's move on to the next question. But first, buying tickets uh, to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience. You could buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Best of all, Locked On Heat listeners get $20 off of their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONBA today. That's promo code LONBA. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Okay. Next question comes from Jeff Nicholas via Twitter. What do you think Josh Richardson's most optimistic and pessimistic, realistic projections are? So let's. Is that, is that three different projections? Is that optimistic, pessimistic, and realistic? There weren't commas, so there's no way to tell. It might all be either it's one. Twitter. Twitter grammar is not exactly known for So being, here's uh, how I'm going to use your imagination. What's the most pessimistic, and then what's the most optimistic? Let's start with pessimistic. And for that, I want to talk to you, David. <laughs> Pessimistic, I think, 
Um, we're gonna like I saw him at Summer League, and I appreciated the fact that he was there on the sidelines cheering everybody on. Um, he didn't have to be there, but he's clearly embraced a more veteran role. But I still saw him, and I I recognize that he is just as slight as ever. Like he has not put on any weight in the two seasons that he's been there. I know that he's got a, the kind of long, lengthy frame that doesn't necessarily adhere to like you know, putting on a, a huge amount of bulk or anything like that. But the kid's got to put on some weight. He's a little underweight at this point, and I and I think he's going to continue to get hurt. That injury, if he have, that injury he started the season with must have just taken any kind of weight gain. You should have yeah. just tossed him a few cans of Ensure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I saw him, you know, taking back chicken wings in the uh, in the or Amway Center uh, cafeteria. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think he was. Uh, Protein. He's just a little undersized. He's just a little undersized, I think, and and he's going to continue to get hurt. He plays hard. He gives maximum effort, and that's going to lead to injuries. I remember it's when nice. I talked to him yeah. as rookie season. You're jinxing him right at this moment. You know that. No, no. You know he jinxed himself. I talked to him as rookie season, and I remember he came to Orlando for a late April or a mid-April game, and I asked him, and I was like, "Oh, how are you holding up over the rigors of you know your rookie season? You know, a lot of guys hit the rookie wall." And he's like, Psh, he like gave me that look, like, nah, I'm fine. I'm only 22. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play forever. Injuries don't mean a thing. Of course, he gets hurt in the off season next year. He starts off the year badly, et cetera, et cetera. That's still so. your fault for asking the question, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> this is all you. Speaking of pessimism, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, to me, I guess that's the most re- pessimistic. I don't. That I don't injuries that injuries limit his development. It's not a question of yeah. talent, but it's just that it de- injuries just derail his career. Clearly. I hundred. That's what I have written down on my on my paper here. Injuries limit development. That's it. That's okay. the most pessimistic version of this. Okay. What do you think, Alana? I had well with my my limited note taking. I was kind of just diving into the whole confidence issue because I just feel like he gets so inside his head sometimes oh, yeah. that it just like even if the talent's there, he can't get past that. And I feel like the more people talk about like, oh, he clearly isn't confident, which is I guess what I'm doing right now. But the more like inside his head he gets. So in terms of pessimistic, that's what I had written down that he can't like get over, you know, just overthinking everything. So for optimistic, and I'd love to start here because I want to get your opinions on this. We talk about Justice Winslow a lot and what his ceiling might be, and we've gotten several mailbag questions about that that we've answered in the past. And Andre Iguodala comes a lot, comes up a lot in regards to Justice Winslow. But Winslow's bigger than Iguodala. You know, he's he's a bit taller and longer, and he's got. He's, he weighs more. He's more muscle. But Josh Richardson, to me, I was trying to think of what Richardson does well. And he's got good length, and he's a good defender. He's quick. Uh, he is a good ball handler, but not a great ball handler. Like, he's a good secondary ball handler, right? And he's got great athleticism. We've seen, like, the high-flying dunks that he had in his rookie year. Uh, that rem- And the first guy I thought about was... Andre Iguodala. So I went back and I looked, uh, and David, I'm with you. He's way too stringy to beat Andre Iguodala. But Iguodala, as a rookie, was six foot six, two hundred pounds. Josh Richardson is six foot six, two hundred pounds. You look at old pictures of Andre Iguodala at Arizona. He's a lanky dude. Like that, he probably still has a bigger frame than Josh Richardson. But he put on a lot of muscle in his years, and I think Richardson could do the same thing. I, I. I do think that the injuries last year, he started he started off the season hurt, didn't play the first several games of the year, got hurt again. It's hard to put on muscle when you're rehabbing from an injury. I think in a True. couple of years he's going to put on more muscle. There he is a there is there's more room to fill out that frame there. Uh he's a young guy. I think he can. And 
if if everything pans out well, this is optimistic, right? I'm not saying he's going to be Andre Iguodala. I'm not saying he's going to be a Finals MVP. But what I'm saying is that he could come in, be a change of pace ball handler for you. He he'll hit some threes. Andre Iguodala likes to hit, he he does hit threes, open threes. Richardson might, if anything, be a better three point shooter than Andre Iguodala, and facilitate, find some guys on the break, push the pace, uh, guard one of the guy the opponent's best players. I think he has a lot of the similar tools that Andre Iguodala has. I mean, I think that would be I mean, that might be overly optimistic, but it's it's I think it's also possible as well. It's not too beyond the realm of possibilities where you're looking at that comparison and going, no way that's gonna be impossible. And I think we're looking at Iguodala as the finished product. And that's why it's a little difficult to make that comparison, but it certainly seems to fit in. I know I you like and I. Heat Nation is going to think this is the hottest take of all time. To be totally honest with you, that Richardson yeah, for, is going I mean, to Josh be Richardson Iguodala. As, uh, Andre Iguodala. I mean, yeah, like hot take at all. To be honest with you, I don't know. I'm just saying. From the, I'm a huge Jay Rich fan, but I just feel like a lot of people have doubted him. Um, from at least the people I've talked to, I don't feel like he's getting a lot of love for it's, some reason. No, nationally, you're right. Nationally, I think a, a lot of people kind of, well, he's a second round pick. He wasn't playing a lot. I mean, he came on his, his you know, halfway through his rookie season, mm-hmm. had that hot shooting streak where he shot, you know, over 50% or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't think that was realistic. And then he tapered off last year. And I think you're looking at this team and you don't look at the team, you don't look at Miami outside of Miami Heat fans and say, that's a team that has a lot of young players and a lot of assets. And I think if you do look at the assets they have, you look at Justice Winslow, you tend to overlook Jay Rich. True, although he had a great April. I think he was averaging, what, like 15 points Richardson? or something like that? And he was mm-hmm. shooting, yeah. He finished yeah, the season strong. Yeah, but by that strong. point, Miami, yeah, Miami yeah. was kind mm-hmm. of fighting for a playoff spot. There were other things to consider. Waiters got hurt. Richardson st- stepped in as the starter. Right. He had some big games. And I want to clarify my Iguodala comparison. Iguodala... That's a tough. That I, I get why Alana, you might say it's a hot take because Iguodala is a star. Like he is a big name, and that's because he was an all star in Philadelphia. Um, he was uh, a big part of the Denver Nuggets for a couple of years. He mm-hmm. was he was on he was one of the biggest names in the NBA for a little while. But that's because he had that role. I'm not saying I'm not saying Josh Richardson could do that if he were the lead guy at a, on a team. I don't think he could. Andre Iguodala that at that stage in his career. Was a better, was a great finisher, was a more dynamic scorer, was a, a just a great facilitator at, at a level I'm not sure Josh Richardson will ever get to. But later stage, Andre Iguodala, the way he's used now off the bench as a Swiss Army mm. knife guy to change the pace of the game on both ends of the court, that I could see Josh Richardson being earlier in his career, right? I could see 32 year old Iguodala as 26 year old Josh Richardson. And that's if Iguodala had just never blown up to the the all-star degree he was at, he wouldn't right. be as big as of a name as he is now, even on the yeah, Warriors, totally. I don't think. So that's the Richard that's the Iguodala I think Richardson can be. I mean, I think he's just he's Iguodala is far more explosive as an athlete than Richardson is. Richardson's a really good athlete. You remember those dunks? If he's healthy, he man, I think nice he's one. right there. I think he's I, I right there. I think we're we're forgetting Iguodala when he was you know running the fast break alongside Allen Iverson and stuff like that. I mean that was good he was times. a really good player. So any other guys other than Iguodala that we want to throw out? I know we've made the comparison to Eddie Jones. Yeah, as far as his overall length and, and wiry frame, et cetera. I mean the shooting is there. Um, not necessarily a good ball handler. Eddie didn't really handle the ball much even in, in that particular era as a shooting guard. Uh, I think we also I think we discussed like potential Scottie Pippen comparisons. Am I mistaken? I thought we, we talked at one about point, 
Yeah, I think we we mentioned the defense being there. I, 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 again, I think there's a lack Didn't of. Did Richardson say he like idolizes Scottie Pippen? That's why we talked. Yeah, about I was about so. to say that. I think so. Yeah, there might be a comparison there too. I mean, realistically, though, he's probably going to be a really good player. He he needs to take another leap, and I think with the depth on this team, I kind of struggle to see if he's going to make it this year. And I know there's a lot of talk about. You know, what happens as he enters restricted free agency following next season? Do you make the qualifying offer? I saw, I think on Ira Winterman's, one of his most recent columns, the question about whether or not four years for 40 plus million was a good offer for Jay That's Rich. That's the max, seems, right? Four years, four years, yeah. 43 million is the max that they can offer by the start of the I, regular season. I don't see that he, he's earned it at this point. No, like, I don't not. know how he's going to, but I also don't know how he's going to earn it next season with the depth. You're going to have the ball in Goran's hands a lot. You're going to have in Dion's hands, James Johnson, et cetera. Josh is a guy. I mean, look, you still want to figure out who Justice is more than anything else, assuming he doesn't get traded. I think you want to figure out who Justice is first and foremost because I think his ceiling is probably higher than Richardson's. Yeah. But Richardson's going to have to come in there. I think he's going to have to find a niche. Can, know, forget can, the ball handling. He has to come in there, be a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. And his confidence level, as Alana pointed out, needs to be there, or else he's going to struggle in that role. What if you start? Yeah, I think that's going to come from having him like take on more responsibilities. Mm Because I feel like part of the problem is that if he's played kind of sporadically and doesn't really have like a set role going into it, then he's kind of you know not going to know his identity, and I feel like that's going to hurt him. That's a really good point, and and I'm glad. So, what if you start Richardson? You bring Winslow off the bench as maybe if you start James Johnson at the four, let's that's, say. That's where you, you bring Winslow yeah. in as James Johnson's backup, as just kind of like the Swiss Army knife kind of do it all player, no positionless guy off the bench. But you have Josh Richardson entrenched in that starting role that would help his confidence, that would give him a clear role. He wouldn't have to ever be the lead or the secondary ball handler because he'd be starting next to Dragic and Waiters. He could be a tertiary ball handler. He can be open for wide open three pointers yeah. and then attack closeouts with his dribble. Um, yeah, that would be a really good part spot of that drive and kick offense. I exactly. mean, they would be finding him open from the corners. It would be perfect. Yeah, I would totally have enough faith in him for that. So we've just decided that Josh Richardson's a starting small forward. <laughs> Basically, I mean, time to call Pat. No, not Pat. Spolstrus. He's the one. Well, who okay, both Riley's of them. Let's... I mean, your yeah. adulation notwithstanding, Riley is no longer the hands-on presence he once was. Alana, it's Spolstrus. Okay, you know how now. I feel about Pat, so I'd rather just call him. And this can be the way that I start our conversation, you know, actually having info for him. And then it'll lead on to other things, whatever I feel like talking about. Of course. All right, our next question comes from Taylor Monk. Uh, is it possible that if Miami currently holds the best offer, that the longer the Cavaliers wait, the less Miami would be willing to trade due to the Cavs having no leverage? It's obviously in um, regards to Kyrie Irving, right? So, look, uh, by the time you guys hear this podcast, Kyrie Irving might have been traded. I have no idea what's going to happen. But um, he hasn't been traded yet as of the time that we're talking. And it does seem a little weird. If the Timberwolves aren't willing to put Andrew Wiggins on the table, if the Suns aren't willing to give up Josh Jackson or the other several young players that they have because they're unsure Kyrie Irving will stay in Phoenix long term, Miami might have the best offer on the table with Dragic and Justice Winslow, which has been reported and then denied by the Heat that that's what the offer was. Uh, is it possible that they could even trade less for Kyrie Irving? Now, I think it. in regards to this question um, from Taylor, it depends on what he means by less. Right. Maybe that, I don't know if that's 
Less than I, the reported trade discussion. Yeah, less than Dragic and Winslow. Now, are we, so does that mean dialing back from Dragic? Even though I think a lot of people assume that if you get Kyrie Irving, Dragic has to be thrown in. Does that mean dialing back from Justice Winslow, where maybe you can some sort of combination of Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson, Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Johnson, possibly like one of those guys in place of Justice Winslow, who you might not want to give up on right now. Um, right. But is it possible? Yeah, I suppose it's possible. I mean, if there's going to be a deal made, there's going to be a negotiation. I just, David, I don't think it's likely. No, I, I, I don't think so either, to be honest with you. I think, you know, they, they're in the, the catbird seat. They can control the discussion as much as they want to. I think as, as we find out more and more information and the tension seems to grow larger and larger with each passing day, they clearly have to move Kyrie, but they can still get a fair package. And I think Miami's reported offer, whether or not it was actually made, I think is a fair one. We talked about this with Chris Manning in our last podcast. I think it fits a lot of Cleveland's needs as they continue to contend this year with LeBron James and the roster. Plus, it gives them a youthful, uh, a useful young player that they can build around if LeBron decides to move on. So that's a fair one. I mean, we we do keep hearing, though, that New York isn't willing to, to trade the, the world away, not that they have much to trade in exchange for. They're not going to give up Chris Stapps Porzingis or something like that, and they don't have much else to trade. Phoenix, they have more. Denver, other teams maybe outside of the, his preferred destinations – they might be able to offer more, um, but at the same time, I, I don't think that they're going to lose that much leverage. Where they can they can just take like a, a you know a second round player and maybe a, a potential veteran like Dragic or something else. I, I don't even know what fits that less yeah. than category. If it's Dragic and Winslow, time, if it's Dragic and Winslow is Miami's offer, Phoenix can then go ahead and offer. They don't, they don't even have to throw in Josh Jackson. They could just offer Eric Bledsoe in Miami's 2018 sure. pick and say, hey, do you like this more than? Miami's offer. It's not like Miami has a lot of leeway to go down from that reported offer. Alana, where do you even stand on the whole Kyrie Irving situation? Oh, good one. Well, my thoughts on this question were twofold. First off, I just feel like the Cavs are so petty that they're just going to hold on to Kyrie just to mess with him, which obviously is not in their best interest because an unhappy player is not going to like yield success. But I don't know. Part of me just thinks that like they're not even going to try to move him. Um, but then the other half of me is just like, I, I do not, if we have to get rid of Goran, I just don't want Kyrie in our team. Like, I'm Oof. just, it's an absolute no. I'm not even like, there's nothing to even discuss who could, who could the Who could the Heat trade Goran Dragic for that you would sign off on? Like no any, one. If, any, like, if the Cleveland offered LeBron James for Goran Dragic, you just, no. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Okay. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, like, the Heat to me now have just taken on the identity of, like, Goron being their not even their star but just like running the show in terms of the offense and just like I, I just don't want to get rid of him and I I feel like having gone 39-11 like why would you mess up that chemistry like the fact that Thank they you. could do that you might as well go into the next season and see like what they can start off with you know barring any injuries so, obviously do you but... think that the Heat can win a title with this team no. yes okay. come on are you serious? Yeah, why a not? Title? Well, okay. Well, because there are teams that are. <laughs> would you trade? Would you trade? Would you trade Dragic for Steph Curry? I hate Steph Curry. Is this a real question? Would you trade Dragic what? for Kevin Durant? I wouldn't trade him for anyone. I'm like totally dead serious. I Michael Jordan in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're just going back in time. Yes. 
I, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I, I understand this is slightly delusional. I just, I don't know. I just really like his, his style of play. It, just, it sounds like your motivation almost lines up with David and I's motivation kind of heading into the season that, look, we're not expecting the Heat to win the championship this year, and that's fine. It's like no, not I even just, a priority. Like, just want to see this team play tough. some more basketball Yeah, together. no, absolutely. I'm really not looking for a title. First of all, because, of, I mean, the way things are going, like I just feel like, in my opinion, this finals was were pretty boring just knowing what was going to happen, even though I was holding out for the Cavs. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you knew you knew what was going to happen. So I'd rather just have fun during the regular season, watch these guys ball, and not have to worry about, like, making moves to get, you know, up to a potential title. Okay. I mean, look, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, where um, if this team is just chasing 50 wins this season and a, and a playoff berth, that's good enough for me. I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a good time covering the team, and we'll have a good time talking about it on the show, but... Uh, I'm just not sure how long that that is. Uh, how long I'm going to be okay with that, or Heat fans in general are going to be okay with that? Because a lot of Heat fans feel Heat the same fan, way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I from from the people I've spoken to, I don't feel like that's going to hold out much longer. You know, right. like one or two years maybe of this yep. to kind of see how the chemistry goes. But exactly. I feel like at a certain point, people are going to want to get back into it, especially with the East being so weak now. Yep. All right. Let's to, to piggyback on, sorry, to piggyback on the question. I was wondering, do you think that the Cavaliers have an undue amount of pressure to, to get a significant haul in exchange for Kyrie? Oh, I mean, yeah, I would I would think so. I, I mean, mean I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious because, you know, we're, we're seeing them not take reported offers that are, you know, theoretically better than what Miami may or may not have offered, but they, they keep holding out. Are they expecting more? But, I mean, it, it kind of works against that. Like, the longer they wait – the less likely they are to get these 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 bigger packages available, yeah, you know, especially and I, as camp approaches. So I don't I know. Don't, it's hard for me really to like get into the minds of what's going on there too, just because of I feel like this has turned into such a mess regarding you know apparently he hasn't even talked to anyone. Yeah, he's not um, going to be there. He can't. He, he can't. He cannot be there. He doesn't want to talk to the team. He's right, making so, fun of the leader of the team. I, I mean, that's just. Yeah, so it, I think things are kind of spiraling so far out of control that I don't know if their mindset is like kind of what I was saying, like just petty of we're not going to let you go, or if it's like scrambling to find something um, good enough. And I, at this point, I honestly don't really know if LeBron cares what happens this year because I do think he's going to leave. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious if like his attitude is just kind of like, you know, sitting back and watching this unfold or if he's even attempting to see what you know what he could do to maybe make his team at least somewhat successful I mean, this year for the last year he went okay, to Cleveland okay, so in part because Kyrie Irving was a young up-and-coming player I, mm-hmm. if his mind wasn't made up before I think it's made up now there's no reason for him to stay um, so, so so what happens if they if to follow Alana's line of thinking sure. they don't trade Kyrie what would happen then like like how would that <laughs> it would be an out? amazing Chaos. drama right it would just he wouldn't show up they would find him until I guess then he would sue. He's like, I told you I wanted to be traded, so why haven't I always you thought he was me? more professional than this, though. He's giving me, like, serious Derrick Rose vibes. Oh, oh, God. Well, they have Derrick Rose. Now they have the original yeah, Derrick Rose. They don't... Right. Now, now they have two. Yeah. <laughs> it opens up a know. whole debate What's... about, you know, if you're a player that signs a contract, 
are you obliged to f- to play out that contract, or is that just a, an old notion in general? And that's not a debate I really want to get into, but that's really what we're talking about here. The theory that I like more is that LeBron and Kyrie are orchestrating this whole thing, which I uh, honestly somewhat buy into, just because at this point, who knows what's going on? Um, and if they're actually like steamlining this whole thing together, it would just be genius. To what? To create the the illusion that there's a lot of drama when in fact they're buddy buddy and they're just going to steamroll through everybody in the Eastern Conference. That or just like LeBron is really angry at the front office right now. Um, oh, he said oh. he's not actively recruiting. He said you know that he they were ups, he was upset with the firing. So I don't know. I just feel like this could be a way. Like he came back, got the city a, a title, and now he's like, okay, well on my way out. I'm just going to get back at you guys. Like, I don't know. It, it's far-fetched, and but that, I would and love And that Kyrie to... and LeBron would join forces on another team, yeah. like the Lakers yeah. or something like that? Yeah, or at the very least that he's helping Kyrie out, you know, get a better offer than maybe he would have gotten right. um, if this wasn't going on. Well, I'm all for conspiracy theories, but that's that'll that's, hijack that's the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, we actually right. got we got that as a mailbag question, and I just I, – I, we didn't have room to include it, so I'm glad you brought that up, Alana. Um, unless you <laughs> asked the mailbag well. question. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> quick reminder to make sure that you have subscribed to David Locke's Locked On NBA podcast for all of your national NBA news throughout the offseason, the interviews with coaches, scouts, and league insiders. Um, also, check out the rest of what the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, including shows for every NBA team and your favorite NFL team, including Locked On Dolphins. Training camp is underway, guys. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest-growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. All right. Next question is from Jake Albright on Twitter. Is anyone as excited as I am to see the new Miami Heat jerseys? Will someone just leak them already? Basketball emoji, fire emoji. (laughs) So, Nike is now the official sponsor of the NBA's jerseys, unless you're in Charlotte, which is, in that case, it's the Jordan brand. I wonder how that happened. Um, So, Nike has done away with their traditional home and away jerseys. They say they've kept them exactly. Yeah. They just call them something different, and nobody's ever going to call them that. They call the team color jerseys the icon, the white jersey is the association, and they all they're also providing two alternates. Now, a lot of teams have been uh, pub, uh, uh, publishing or leaking their new jerseys. Right? We saw Indiana Pacers have changed things up quite a bit. That's the a little meh. them out today. Who did? The, the Bulls. Bulls. Yep, the Bulls, and it's basically the same thing, right? Yeah, right? I thought that was just me. I was like, how boring. Right. Uh, this reminds me of when the Nike Nike took over for the NFL, and they rolled out all the new NFL jerseys, and all of them were exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, and it took a couple of years for teams to start changing their jerseys. Like, the Dolphins changed their logo to a whale and all, everything like that for no reason. Um, <laughs> so, uh, look... Jake, I'm with you. I'm super excited. I know I'm going to be disappointed. I know it's going to be the exact same jerseys that we're used to. However, what I'm excited about is not the Icon and Association jerseys, the team color and the, the, and the away jerseys. I'm really excited for the two alternates because the black and white uniforms have always been atrocious. I am so sick of those. 
Let's get rid of the suit and tie yeah, uniforms. Yeah, you've been hating on them for quite some time. Because I've hated them for quite some time. <laughs> I, I, I cannot. They are so ugly. They are so bad. They were designed by the players. You're um, not a monochrome type guy then? I am a monochrome type guy, but I'm not a monochrome in that way. I need good, tasteful monochrome, <laughs> and I don't like that monochrome. <laughs> the, side, the side blocks on those jerseys, like the I panel. get what they're going for for that slim look from the, from the front, but you know what I don't see when I'm watching an NBA basketball? Their fronts. All I see is their sides. Like you just see them running from side to side, and it just looks. Maybe weird. Jay Rich wanted to look slimmer than he already does. But it doesn't make him look slimmer. It looks. It makes him look fat, and maybe that's. Maybe I just that's want good. them to roll out the Miami Vice ones. That's what I'm. So this well, is the big you, one. Have we, have we talked about the the alternates that, that well, I forget the guy's name, the Me designer too. that's leaked out all these the different designs. Yeah, that's that's where, what I was thinking of too. So the Miami oh, Vice yeah. jerseys they've been sharp. that's been like kind of a a, con, a fan concept for a few years now. I do wonder yeah. if the Heat will kind of crowdsource that, or if Nike will, I guess, crowdsource that and say, "Look, we'll give you guys what you want." Miami Vice jerseys. Let's I would freaking buy do that this. in two seconds flat. Well, it's just funny that this this guy, I mean, he's doing this, I guess, you know, he, he's looking for work, obviously, but he's come up with all these designs. And from what I've seen, they're widely lauded all over the place, much more than, than the actual Nike jerseys. And it's just at some point you're a Nike exec, you're going, wow, this schmuck from wherever the hell he is, is outdoing us on every level. I mean, why don't yeah, we hire him? And capitalize on it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Why don't they use his styles? I mean, he's already done all the work for you. I don't understand how much what the mo- This guy's already releasing all this stuff for free, right? How much Nike would be like, yes. we'll give you 50 grand for all this stuff. And he'd probably be like, yeah, sure. And for Nike, that's not, why not? Uh, um, yeah, exactly. but here's what I want. Here's what I want. I don't even want the Miami vice jerseys. Cause I actually like it better as a fan concept because I'm worried that if they were to do it, they would screw it up. Right? Like, just let me have that in just like as a mystery, as a what if forever. What I want is I want for the association thing the, to be the regular clean white jerseys. I think the white heat jerseys are among the best in the league. I, it's, they're super clean. The red on the red lettering and numbering on the white is just it looks great. I think it captures that South Beach vibe. I love it. Uh, I'm done with the black jerseys as the primary team color jersey. Let's go to the Reds. The All Reds. The Reds are good. We need the All Reds. We only see them for five games a year, maybe. Mm, We need them full-time as the icon version. The team color. Black is so classic, though. So I want... So you do the We also have to get rid of the the military ones, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Look, I I get... It's a nice notion. I get it. Put on headbands and armbands or something. I know. That's I not feel fully so bad ragging the on them because of that. They're so the whole oh, no, strong, they're, they're so ugly. They're so bad. So ugly. <laughs> like let's guys the camo thing. Let's just let's not do that, please. Um, it works, I guess, if you're San Antonio, where they do like the black camo. No, they they're hideous too. I mean, those okay. are terrible, right? Those are pretty bad. Uh, I'm just not a fan of camo in general. So. Look, you know, I, I, think, I don't actually mind it. I just feel like those particular uniforms are just so atrocious. They're bad. They're bad. Yeah, wear a patch. We're, we're yeah, a wear a patch. Wear everybody wears head armbands or something like uh, camo armbands or something, I, something like that. AJ would eat that up. Yeah. So let's move the blacks. Let me get the black throwbacks as one of the alternates, right? With the like the Dropbox lettering and numbering, I love that stuff. And then is that the tuxedo oh, yeah. one? The tuxedo? No, 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 get, no, 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 no tuxedo jerseys. No, you you deeply offended him now. <laughs> let's get rid of the tuxedo jerseys. <laughs> All, the two alternates, I want black throwbacks, so that's how you keep a black jersey. 
and I want the Floridians back. Do you remember the Floridians? Of course, yeah. Bring back the Floridians. I think the no, that's too much pain though, because it reminds me of the Big Three era where everybody was having fun and taking pictures with like afros <laughs> and everything else like that. You, I, I had I that up in my refrigerator question, for a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I went to you with the pessimist question. Why would oh, you man. want to bring back the fun? Bring back the fun. Uh, this team, no, this team can live no. up to it. No, no. We're it, more fun now than we were then, please. No, God, no. Come on. The, 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 I stand the, by what I said. No way. No so, what, way. all right, David, what, the would you, what would your alternative be? Come on. What would your alternative be then, if not Floridians? Because Alana's with Miami Vice, I'm with the Floridians. What are you with? Oh, I, I do like the, the Floridians one. I, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I just, seeing those jerseys, even when the guy put out those different styles, I was like, oh, I started, I, a little tear came to my eye. One singular yeah, you sound tear. very nostalgic right now. Yeah, we need, wait, we one, need, yeah, Philly, we need Philly cheese in a Floridian jersey. Like, we need that. That. I would that buy a Waiters be, jersey. I have I own one I own one sports jersey. It's a Dwayne Wade jersey and it's in red. We're already bringing back I have the a red, white one. The white one. See, there we go. So, that's the only sports jersey I have. But if they were if 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 there were a Dion Waiters Floridians jersey, I would now have two sports jerseys, I guarantee it. You really only have one? I have one sports jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That really surprises me. Well, I just don't wear them. So, why did it, like, why would I buy them? Yeah, I kind of regret having, like, an entire section dedicated to NBA gear. I'm, like, what, working out in it? Like, So I used to have a bunch of, like, Dolphins jerseys when I was a kid. And, I like, the Dolphins would just trade players away all the time. Like, I had a Ricky Williams jersey, and then he smoked pot and retired. And I was like, all right, that's useless. Then I got a Ronnie Brown jersey, and then oh he was off the team with it. Because I was a kid, and I just, like, this is my new favorite player because he's new Ricky Williams. So I bought I the jersey. I have a Gary Hughes jersey. I can't. See, there we go. And then Larry just, Hughes? And I still love Larry Hughes, so. <laughs> Proudly. Is, is he in the big three? Is he part of the he big three? He is, and he wasn't there in Chicago. You don't understand how heartbroken I was. No, I'm starting to figure it out, though. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Billups weren't there, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question here. Leave um... <laughs> it to me to go on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> well, this is a good question, and he's another tangent-worthy one. Coming in from, uh, what is it, Kenaz Sweat? Yep. Should Miami take a chance on O.J. Mayo? I think he would be a good fit, writes Kenaz. Now, that's an I interesting one. I think he's one. suspended. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, to, to set it up a little bit, I think O.J. Mayo is in a lot of basketball fans' minds because there was a piece that came out last week for the Bleacher Report asking the broader question, where is O.J. Mayo? He was suspended at the beginning of, was it last season? And then he's yep. since, yeah. yeah. So at that point, then he kind of just like fell off. Next thing you know, we saw a picture of him, I think, at the Maasai tribal, somewhere in the Maasai tribal nation in yeah. Africa. And that's the last picture we've seen of him. He was holding a Other spear. He has a, yes. He is dressed <laughs> in traditional Maasai clothing, holding a spear. This is OJ Mayo. I love I, the I, NBA. I mean, it is amazing. <laughs> it, um, it is amazing. We did also see him pop up on Taj Gibson's Instagram. They have that's both right. of them went, on, that was, went that to was USC. And Taj Gibson yeah. put in at the uh, he, he wrote, I actually wrote it down here, working hard in the gym, two exclamation points. USC I have days, no idea yeah. what that means. Um, <laughs> if they're working on basketball or they're just working out. Uh, look, yeah, he was suspended two years by the league for some sort of drug substance thing that was against league rules. Prescription were, medicine. Right. Um, sure. I, would he be a good fit? I mean, no. dude's, dude's suspended well, for another year. He can't come in this year. year. Yeah, uh, but let's say hypothetically, 
I still don't think he'd be a great fit. And I, I want to look. Miami made, took a chance on Chris Anderson, right? And he had some. It's hard to say similar because OJ Mayo's situation is so unique. But he was out of the league for a little while, and he got, he ran into some trouble, and he needed and drug related things, and needed to come back from that. Uh, Miami took a chance on him, and he was a really big part of the team for a few years there, uh, and kind of just reclaimed his status as an NBA player and his value uh, to the league. I think is there a way for OJ May to do that? Maybe, but he's, yeah. look, he's he's a shoot, he's a six five shooting guard. He's a gunner. He doesn't play a whole lot of defense. The, his type of player isn't as valuable and isn't as prevalent even in today's NBA, and he's going to be 31 by the time he can even enter the league. I, that's that's the issue, I think. That's the overall one, because I'm thinking you're describing a gunner that doesn't have a very good reputation. It's like, well, that was what Deion Waiters was you know, prior to last season, and he had changed around, and I think coupling that with Miami's reputation of being able to reclaim – Several players, you know, going back all the way to Ike Austin and in the, the mid '90s, you know, obviously Birdman, Michael Beasley, even Greg Oden to some extent. There's a history of taking players and helping them salvage their careers here in South Florida. We saw that last season with James Johnson and Dion. Didn't work out for Derek Williams. He's the one exception to the rule, unfortunately. But as far as OJ is concerned, I think the overarching thing is, is that he's just too old. I think, you know, Dion was 25 and there was still potential for him to turn it around. I think we've seen the best of what OJ can do. And unfortunately, it's not good enough at this point in the NBA. He just doesn't seem to fit in. And I think there are, there's, you know, extenuating circumstances there that he's a Chicago guy. He used to work out quite a bit with Dwayne Wade when Dwayne was back in mm-hmm. Miami. And I think there's some connection there. Uh, from a fan's perspective, thinking, well, maybe he could come in and, and Dwayne will come back and then they can rebuild some of that friendship that they used to have back in the day. But it just, I just don't see his fit as a basketball player at 31 years old. And 32, right? He would be 32 next year when he comes well, be, back. He would be 31 in November next year when he comes back. I think okay. he's going to be okay. 30 so this November. But yeah, I mean, either, either way, way, he's on the other way, on the other side of 30. It's just, Miami Heat fans have a history of. Hey, blank name is a free agent. Oh, we should sign him. I I would rather. Would you rather take a chance? Look, they did the same thing with Derek Williams, and they signed Derek Williams. They did the same thing with Greg Oden. They signed Greg Oden, and didn't work out. Or would you? The big name has the high. They say it's low risk, high upside. But the, it is a risk because there's an opportunity cost there. You have a limit to how many players you can carry on a roster. Would you? How much better would the Heat have been hypothetically? Right. This is a, a complete impossible scenario, but who knows. If instead of signing Greg Oden and wasting time on that experiment, Miami signs Hassan Whiteside earlier than they did. And, oh. like, I know Whiteside needed that time to find himself and blossom or whatever. But uh, if you find a similar player to Whiteside or something like that, like, yes, you've never heard of Hassan Whiteside. Nobody ever heard of him before the Heat signed him. They brought him up, they brought him into the Sioux Falls Sky Force and then called him up from the D League. Nobody had ever heard of him before that. But you've heard of Greg Oden. Whiteside ends up being the better player. You By signing Odin, there's an opportunity cost to finding the next Whiteside. By signing Mayo, there's an opportunity cost to finding the next Rodney McGruder or Tyler Johnson. Good point. I don't yeah, want those guys on the roster. Yeah, people just fall victim to the big names. Right. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. It's like people, if you haven't heard of someone, then, you know, they're automatically, they, they can't possibly be as good as, you know, some some name that's been floating out there. Um, and I, I don't know, I just wouldn't trust him after all that's happened Speaking to come of- back and... Right. 
I wouldn't trust them either. Speaking of names Especially that have been floating at the out age, there. you know. Right. Speaking of names that have been floating out there, I'm really trying to do the segue, guys. Um, <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed yes. it. What do you think about the possibility of trading Tyler Johnson, signing Luke Babbitt, sure. and Brandon Rush, and bring in, and here's the name that's floating out there, Jared Sullinger on a two-way contract. <laughs> Locked on heat favorite, Jared Sullinger. Um, all right, that question from Big Pat. Uh, so what do you think about the possibility of trading Tyler Johnson, bringing in Luke Babbitt, Brandon Rush, signing Jared Sullinger to a two-way contract? We should just say right off the bat, Sullinger is not eligible for a two-way contract. There's actually um, a years of service restriction on players who, A, can play in the D-League, and B, be signed to a two-way contract, and that is three years of service at the NBA level. So if a player has played for at least three seasons in the NBA, they cannot have they cannot be in the D-League? No, they cannot, that's not true. That's not true? No, no, no. I think they can continue being sent to the D-League. I mean, like Gennaro Pargo is playing. You could be D-League, sent to right? you could be sent to the D League, but you no, can't be Pargo's on a D League contract. No, three now. Well, I mean, I think he was in the in the. I think he was uh, as recently as last season. But was okay. he on? But was he a? Was he, part of the 15, was, was he part of the fifteen man roster? Uh, because I think anybody could go play for the D League, but you can't be signed to a D League contract, right? Okay. Right. Okay. So maybe maybe, maybe there I'm are. Exceptions I'll look there. into that. I'll I'll look into that. But I know for the two way. For, for two-way contracts, yeah. there's a you cannot have three years of service or more in the at the NBA. Because um, Sullinger spent time with the Toronto 905 last year, right? But I think that was because he was on the 15-man roster. Well, yeah, he was, yeah, he was rehabbing, roster, and he was yeah, rehabbing. He was rehabbing and then you could play, but you can't. So I should have been more specific. But either way, for these two-way contracts, you have to be less than three years of service in the NBA. Jared Sullinger is five years of service. He cannot be on a two-way contract. Can the Heat sign him to a fifth, one of their 15 spots? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, so we could talk about it in that way. Uh, and Luke Babbitt, man. like we had, We've almost won a whole podcast without bringing up Luke Babbitt. So, um, <laughs> Well, but, I, the question, as, as much as we always appreciate all of our questions from our listeners, it's still kind of a little open-ended, I think, right. and that he, Big Pat doesn't necessarily bring up what we'd be getting in return for players like that. I mean, he says, you know, try, you know, trade Tyler Johnson, and that's a fine idea, one we've talked about a number of times, but what are we getting in return? Right. You're looking at a, fa- a, a guy who's going to be earning, I think, what's the average? Was it 13-something over the next three years? Um, well, he's going to be making $19 million next season. He'll be the second-highest paid player on the Heat next year. Well, you can trade him for, for something that equals the average amount of over the next three years of his contract, right? Even though he's getting five oh, right. this That's year. Right. It's like 12 and a half or 13 or something. Mm-hmm. Right, something like that. So, I mean, to get something in return that would be making 13 or $12 million a year or so, I don't know what that player would be. Maybe it would be another big. So maybe it would not, you know, maybe the signing of Luke Babbitt wouldn't necessarily be, you know, something you'd need on the team. And plus, I don't think you'd need Babbitt anyway with the signing of Olenek. I don't think you need a long-range shooter. I think that's who we. I mean, we're paying Olenek a lot of money that's to be that kind of player. That's what I had written down as well. So, and and B Rush, does he have anything to offer at this point in the NBA? I, I, I haven't really seen. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a nice averaging year. like four points last year. Yeah, for Minnesota. I mean, he, and uh, yeah, he had a nice year before that for the, for the Warriors. But like, who doesn't? You know, um, so I don't know. Brandon Rush is maybe like. Three or four years ago, you could have talked to me at the Brandon Rush? Sure. I mean, we've talked about Sullinger a number of times because this was before free agency rolled around. And you and I, Wes, we, we, we talked about 
the fact that one he was in he was brought into the team last year for a workout. Um, you know, they, we thought that he was going to be rehabbed when we had Anthony Chang on the podcast. We all thought it was a sure thing that we'd be part of this roster because he's a guy who has a mid-range. He can extend the floor a little bit. He's a solid rebounder. He's an established veteran. And we think that Miami's system could certainly help him with whatever weight issues he's had throughout his career. But at this point, seeing that we drafted Bam Adebayo, that, mm-hmm. we, dreamed, that we signed Kelly Olenek, that we yeah. have a sign wide side under contract. We've got a glut of bigs and adding another one in Sullinger, who's not a dead-eye three-point shooter, as good a shooter as Olenek is, I don't see any point to be honest with you. Yeah, I just I'm I'm in favor of trading Tyler Johnson if it's right for the for, for the right return. I'm not in favor of trading Tyler Johnson if it means that we're trading him just so that we can re-sign Luke Babbitt and Brandon Rush. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm that doesn't seem I you can't just give him away for nothing. So if you could trade Tyler Johnson to a team with cap space, Brooklyn Nets for example, and they send you. Gosh, I don't even know what they'd send you. But if you could trade Tyler Johnson and get a draft pick in return, because the Brooklyn can't right. send draft picks, but um, like that's that, that's okay, I suppose. If you need to, if you're trying to clear that cap space, maybe make a run at somebody next year. And in the meantime, you just you sign Luke Babbitt to a one-year deal. You signed Brandon Rush to a one-year deal for some reason. I'm okay with it. But in general, uh, I don't think we should just be actively trying to shop Tyler Johnson. And this sort of opens up this whole other conversation that. Heat fans seem really engaged with how much money Tyler Johnson is making, and they're not okay with it. And it's just—it's kind of funny to me because even yeah, if that's they probably trade, the number one thing I've seen on Twitter at least this off season. Even if they trade Tyler Johnson, they're not going to have cap space next year. So it does—it just seems like they're worried about how much this team is going to be in the luxury tax. Now, is that going to limit Miami's moves? Possibly, but this is there are so many dominoes that have to fall for that to to be the case. Where it just it does seem like Heat fans are overly sensitive to how much money Mickey Arison may or may not be spending on Tyler Johnson. It's a weird thing. Is so, it? I think it is. <laughs> Do you disagree? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think I think a lot of fans worry about ownership when it comes to as in the league in the NBA in particular for whatever reason they always tend to to side with ownership and what they pay. I I, I don't know why in, just, in a league that's so driven by players you'd think that they would have more concern over what players make, but no, I think it's just the ownership and the league in general has done a really good job of making it us versus them, billionaires versus millionaires. And yeah. for some reason, the fan base that is in the thousandaires all tend to side with the billionaires for some reason. It's a little bizarre. It's always been that way. All right. Um, well, we got we, we did get one additional question via Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. A four-team trade suggestion? Yeah, it was uh, – go ahead. Read it off. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it's, not really, it's not really a question, obviously. It's from Nick Alvarez on Twitter. Uh, at Cuban underscore kid 15. And he writes, we know that Melo wants to be in Houston. Carmelo Anthony, that is. So Kyrie to the heat is possible. How would you feel about a 14 deal, a 14 deal like this, where Miami gets Kyrie Irving, Cleveland gets Courtney Lee, Trevor Ariza, and Justice Winslow. The Knicks take back Ryan Anderson from Houston and Goran Dragic. And the Houston Rockets get just Carmelo Anthony. So Houston gives up Ryan Anderson and Ariza for Carmelo Anthony. And Cleveland gets so Courtney, Courtney Lee's corpse, Trevor Ariza's corpse, and Justice Winslow is coming off of injury for Kyrie Irving? And you're yeah. ruining Goran's life. The end. Well, no. So we're all... We're, there, let's just speed round there this. Is we're that all considered. against this, yeah, right? it, it, It's tough to justify. I don't think I don't think any team would want this. I don't think the Cavs want Courtney Lee's contract. 
I'm sure they'd be fine with Trevor Ariza at one Courtney year and seven right and a half million. New York? I'm sorry? Is Courtney Lee still Courtney in New Lee's York? in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just signed there last year. Don't you remember? That's how they built that super team with Derrick Rose. Forgot He's on a four-year deal. That's also how Derrick Rose got his uh, five-year maximum deal. That's right. <laughs> by playing so well on his super team. That was that was the the, the it, off season it, of a lifetime in New York. It is so I mean, you, hard to come up with a, a fake trade on that trade machine that everybody likes on Twitter. I tweeted out a, a oh, trade the other the day, box. and I I think I was unfollowed like by two people just because of the trade. <laughs> and it's just like, like sorry, it I liked really it. Is. I thought it was good. Um, Bill like, Simmons makes a living of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> The the best response I've seen is that's not too bad for everyone involved, and I, I right. think that's about it. Right. Nobody's like, oh, what a great deal. But then again, if you would have trade machined Paul George for Victor Oladipo and um, Sabanis, everyone's like, you're crazy. What an idiot. And then that's what happened. So it's it's not like I'm saying this is going to happen when you're trade machining something. But so we appreciate your trade machine ideas. But that one was bad. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's all we have for today, whether you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. You can send mailbag questions or get information about advertising on the show by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Alana, tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me at Alana Tower, T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R, on Twitter. And any projects that you're working on that they should be looking well, for? Yes, actually, uh, I write for All You Can Heat, the best website out there, obviously, and uh, I cover the Chicago Bulls for Hoops Habit. Shout out to Dwayne Wade. Perfect. Wow. There we go. Um, no one's perfect, I guess. <laughs> All right. To support the show, make sure you download every episode, follow Locked on Heat on Twitter, and if you're not subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically in your podcast feed. Then go to iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. We'll catch you next time. 